Hey church family, welcome to Christ Community Church Online. We are so glad to have you joining us for this weekend service. I'm Elise. And I'm Taylor, and we will be hosting today's service. Can you believe fall is already on our doorstep? I can't. Speaking of, our 2020 Women's Fall kickoff will be Thursday, September 3rd in the East parking lot at CCC from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Please keep in mind that things can change because of COVID-19, but if all goes as planned, we'll have an evening full of worship, food trucks from a variety of different places, time of fellowship, and so much more. Registration opens on Sunday, August 16th, so be on the lookout for that on our website. As a part of our local outreach effort, we'll be launching a series called Local Leaders on Mission that consists of monthly informational Zoom meetings discussing all local outreach opportunities, progress, and issues. We'll be having these meetings on the third Thursday of the month at 7 p.m. However, our very first meeting will be on Wednesday, August 19th, and we'll be chatting with Amber Schmidt from Together for Good about creating pathways for the church to come alongside vulnerable families. If you're interested, please contact David Allen at dallen at cccrochester.org for more information. Christ Community Church Online is just about to get started, so we invite you to engage in today's service and all that God has for you today. Let's take this opportunity to lean in and worship our King.
week when Pastor Darrell was talking about Abigail the peacemaker, one of the things that he said was um, a scale of anger from one to ten, that if you're living at a seven, it doesn't take much to get you to an eight or nine or to an explosive amount of anger. And so we need to start living at that two and the three so that if something happens that kind of throws us off, uh, we're not exploding and battling things that we don't need to be battling. And that has stuck with me this week, and I've really concentrated on keeping on that two and three. Uh, sometimes successfully, sometimes not. But another part of that is also we have an option instead of exploding and, and getting angry and trying to fight our own battles. And that option is prayer. And how many times do we enter a situation where we need something and we need to cool down or we need, uh, we need a situation to change and we then start doing it ourselves and start looking to ourselves to fight it or to find a solution, a reason. And what we should do is find our knees and to pray and to let him fight our battle for us. And through that, we have this peace that is unmistakable and un unsurmountable as far as who it comes from and, and what it can do in our lives and our situations. And so as we sing this next song, just focus on the fact that we are not to fight our battles, but God is fully capable of doing that and all we need to do is ask. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my This is how I fight my battles. 
Father, we just thank you for being a God that we can lay our burdens down to. And that any fight that we want to fight, we know we can't do it like you can. And we don't even know how it's supposed to end or what your goal is. So we're just going to give it up in this moment, God. Anything that we have anger for or that we want to control, we know we can't and we know you do. And we thank you for it. In your name we pray, amen. Welcome back, and for those of you just now tuning in, I'm Elise. And I'm Taylor. Thanks so much for joining us for worship today. Part of Christ Community's DNA is sending and supporting missions around the world to live out our mission of restoring our broken world through the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can join us in this mission and worship through your giving. We invite you to take this opportunity to click the Give link on your screen. Thanks in advance for your generosity. If you're new to joining us, thank you for tuning in to our online church experience today. We are so excited to welcome you to our church. We invite you to take this moment to fill out our online connection card. It is a great way for us to help you get connected here at CCC. You can find this by clicking the connect link on your screen or in the Facebook post. Or you can click our live prayer button and one of our service hosts will be happy to get you connected that way too. We are continuing to pray for each of you and we would love to join with you today in lifting up your specific needs and praises. If you would like prayer at any point during the service, our hosts are available on our streaming service through the live prayer feature. There are many opportunities to receive prayer at any time during the week too. You can check these out in our prayer section of our website. Thanks again for tuning in to Christ Community Church Online. Now here's the message from Ryan. Then you can now glimpse the future with nothing more than a modem, a phone line. I have a dream today. For them, treating coronavirus has an extra layer of stress. As a soldier, though a soldier of peace. Oh, yes! to try to help just after those harrowing explosions rocked the finish line of the Boston Marathon. When a man walked to the middle of the avenue of eternal peace. Freedom for all mankind. A fireman carried an American flag to the mast and raised it. Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable!
Happy weekend, Christ community. It's uh, such an honor to be able to be here with you online, uh, church online, to be able to preach uh, this last message in our Defining Moments series. And it's been really exciting to see uh, Pastor Daryl and even Pastor Andy just talking about the countless ways that God has been faithful and that people have just responded in their defining moment and just and brought glory to God in their circumstance and in their, in their uh, audience. And so we're going to continue on this series of defining moments, and we're going to talk about Daniel. And I even look at scripture a lot of times, and as I look at the, the heroes of our faith, I look at these guys and these girls that have been uh, so faithful uh, with their defining moment, and I just can't help but like, think of this humanistic kind of view of them and say, well, they had it all together. They had the faith that was so high and so strong, and yet how can I measure up to that? And I'm here to tell you on this last series, we're gonna explore that there is one simple thing that you can do in your defining moment. And it starts with all of us that are believers in Jesus. And I think some of us are gonna really be encouraged and some of us are gonna be challenged. And it's gonna be uh, something that's gonna convict us, but I hope that we'll come together at the end of this message and, and do what we're gonna be asking us to do as a church. So Daniel, as we pick up in this story, Daniel is one who obeyed the Lord even in the tremendous pressure that comes with living as a captive in a foreign land. So if you're new to Bible study, so Daniel is in, uh, he's in Jerusalem before he's taken as a captive into Babylon, right, by King Nebuchadnezzar. And they deported him and they brought him in actually as part of the wise council with the king, right? So Daniel um, is given wisdom and he learns all the literature and he knows everything there is to know in the Babylonian culture. And God uses him in that sphere of influence. And it's really incredible. But I look at Daniel as a man of strong faith. He wasn't perfect, but he was a man of strong faith because of his, his relationship with God. And I'm gonna see, we're gonna see in this passage today that there is this thing that we can all grab a hold of and that we can all do because of our faith in God. And so just to kind of give a little bit of context, so if you're new to Daniel, studying uh, the book of Daniel in the Old Testament, chapter one begins with exactly what I was talking about earlier. King Nebuchadnezzar goes into Jerusalem and takes uh, Israel as captives, like they're, they've taken it, they're taken into captivity and, and Daniel is deported along with them. And it says in Daniel chapter 1, 17, it says that Daniel was given the ability, the ability to know all visions and that he had gifts of wisdom from God and he was skilled and just received the blessing from God in this land. And I love that because it doesn't matter the circumstance that Daniel was in. He said, I'm all in God. I'm gonna be wherever you want me to be and I'm gonna be used by you no matter what the moment it is. And then in chapter two is where we're gonna be talking about today and King Nebuchadnezzar has this group of wise men I was talking about, right? He has this wise men that's in his inner court. They're with him. They're able to give him advice and he could yell at them if he really wants to and just kind of boss them around. But he has these men around him and he is, he is awakened one night with this dream. And he has a dream and wants one of these wise men to interpret it for him. So here's the catch though. The interpreter must tell the king what the dream was about. So he's not gonna tell him what the dream is about, but he's going to tell these guys to tell him about the dream and what it meant. So question for you, all of us that are listening, right? Have you ever had like a weird dream? Like something like vivid, very vivid for you and you wake up and you, it takes you a couple seconds to kind of realize that you're, you were dreaming and you're in the real world. I know I've, I've been there and sometimes it was just because I had Mexican or something. It was just, it was kind of these one of, the, one of those things. But I went to bed, had a dream and I, the next day I went to somebody and I talked to him. Like, what's the thing you say to people whenever you have a dream? I had the craziest dream last night. 
You ever said that to somebody? Okay, so imagine if you said that and you told your friend, hey, I had the craziest dream. Tell me what my dream was about and what it meant. They would look at you like you were, I don't know. They would look at you like, I don't know what you're doing, right? They would think that you were a little uh, crazy, right? But you didn't do that. But we see that's exactly what happens in this story that we have recorded in the book of Daniel, that the king has, I've called it the impossible dream. Yet, but is this impossible with God? And I think Daniel's gonna answer that for us and he's gonna respond to this impossible dream in a couple different ways. But as you see these wise men in their response to the king's impossible dream, they quake with fear especially when the king issues an order for their execution. So it's not just that he's telling them to tell them the dream. He's saying, if you can't get this dream right, you're going to die. And that and your family will die as well. And also your house is going to be thrown in the garbage dump. It really is. That's what it says in Daniel chapter two. But yet Daniel resolved in his heart, instead of trembling, Daniel goes with his friends and they pray to God, and I, I think that's super encouraging for all of us. But I love this essay recounting the story of the impossible dream. When God answers, Daniel confidently, confidently proclaims, don't destroy the wise men of Babylon. Bring me before the king and I will give him the interpretation. That's in Daniel chapter two, verse 24. And that's a key verse for us in our time together. And so I really want you to, to hold on to that verse. Daniel knows that the vision that he, has received, that he received is from the Lord and that it will satisfy the king's request. And there's no doubt about it. And as Daniel reports, Nebuchadnezzar's dream was about the world empire. So if you go at the very end of Daniel, it talks about how there's four empires that are, that are gonna come and go. But the last empire, the last kingdom is never going to end. And praise be to Jesus that he is the one that establishes that, that never ending kingdom. And that's the God we pray to. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we tell others about. And that that is what Nebuchadnezzar had a dream about. And Daniel tells him, during the time of the fourth kingdom, a new kingdom arise, unlike any other. And it has no end. And the message is simple. And this is what Daniel is saying to Nebuchadnezzar. God is sovereign over world history, Nebuchadnezzar. You are not. You are not over the entire world. He thought he was. And at the time, actually, 604 BC, Nebuchadnezzar was the, the most powerful man in the world and the most powerful empire. But Daniel knew that there was a God who was the rightful ruler. He was the one true God who was the rightful ruler of the world. I think all of us have this kind of, this wrestling that we have when, we, when we're thinking about praying and who we're praying to as the ruler of our world. And all too often, my behavior betrays the doubts that reside in my heart. If I really believe that God had held every detail in my life in his hands, my first response to trouble would be faith rather than enacting some detailed plan to manage things on my own and get out of my mess. I think we're all there if we're honest. You see, Daniel's life is a reminder that there is another way, a way that sees living in a foreign land with other gods, not as a hardship, but as training ground for deeper faith. And I believe that training ground for Daniel is the fact that he faced down praying to God consistently. He wanted to be with the Lord desperately. May we all keep this perspective as we think about this message. For we all, like Daniel, are far from home, but we know that our home is with God. And I'm thankful for that truth. In the midst of this moment, Daniel responds to the impossible dream in four different ways. And so that's what we're gonna be talking about today. And so if you would go to Daniel chapter two, and we're gonna start in verse 
13 for the sake of time. We're gonna read through verse 30. There's a lot more in that chapter, but I encourage you to read the beginning, read the end, and even read chapter three where you see Daniel and his, and his friends in the fiery furnace. It's a very familiar passage for some of you guys. And then also Daniel chapter six where we see Daniel in the lion's den and how God is unstoppable and he answers even in the midst of the lion's den. And then we'll see chapter nine, Daniel prays to God. And it's a beautiful prayer. And so Daniel will teach us more about prayer in this book, but I just wanna to, want to center on this verse. Daniel chapter two, verse 13. So the decree went out and the wise men were about to be killed and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. So this decree, right, they're supposed to interpret this dream that the king's not telling them about. Daniel's a part of those wise, those wise council guys, right? He's part of that group. And listen to Daniel's response in verse 14. Then Daniel replied with prudence and discretion to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He declared to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree of the king so urgent? Then Arioch made the matter known to Daniel. And Daniel went in and requested the king to appoint him a time that he might show the interpretation to the king. Then Daniel went to his house and made the, the matter known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, and told them to seek mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered him, and I love these words of Daniel as he responds to God. He said, blessed be the name of our God forever and ever to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what's in the darkness and light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise for you have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we ask of you for you have made known to us the king's matter. So therefore Daniel went into Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. And he went in and thus said to him, do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in before the king and I will show the king the interpretation. Then Arioch brought in Daniel before the Lord in haste and said, I have found among the exiles from Judah, a man who will make known to the king the interpretation. The king declared to Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, are you able to make known to me the dream that I've seen and its interpretation? And Daniel answered the king and said, no wise men, enchanters, magicians, astrologers can show, can, can show to the king the mystery that the king has asked. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. And he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head as you lay in bed are these. To you, O king, as you lay in bed came thoughts of what would be after this. And he who reveals the mysteries made known to you what it is to be. But as for me, this mystery has been revealed to me not because of any wisdom that I have more than all the living, but in order that the interpretation may be known to the king and that you may know the thoughts of your mind. So in other words, Daniel is answering his defining moment and God does that through prayer, through his vision. And Daniel steps into that, no matter the consequence. And he tells the king what God's revealed to him because God had given him the ability to do that. And so as we consider four responses of Daniel to this impossible dream, would you pray with me wherever you're watching this and whenever you're watching this, we just wanna pray to God and ask him to be with us in this time. Father, thank you so much for this time as we can gather around this story, the story of how you used Daniel. 
But God, the same truth is that we have access to you and we can pray and call out to you, God, and you hear our prayers. You delight to hear from us. And so, Father, would you just be with us in this time? Help us to learn these truths, to apply them to our life, and that for us to be a people who would seek you in prayer first before everything else. We pray this in your son's name, amen. So here's the main point. It's a really short sentence. It's com- it comes from 1 Timothy 2.1. First of all, pray. That's the main point. So if you're, if you're asking somebody about what was the message about, you can say, first of all, pray. We are to be a first of all praying type people. And I see this in Daniel's life. And he had resolve in his heart to be a person who would pray to the Lord first. In Daniel, in the heart of his crucial moment, he determines to be a prayer first person, right? And so question, are you that type of person to be a praying person? First of all, as you wake up, when somebody asks you a question you don't know how to answer, a situation in your life, a trial, you know, something that's troubling you, is the first response in your heart to be one of prayer first. And so I hope at the end of this message, you'll be encouraged as we uh, wanna do this as a church. We wanna reach out. We wanna pray to God first before everything else so that we can step into our moments and be used by him and point others to Christ. And I love that. So here's the first response. It's in verse 13 through 16. When everyone else was in a panic, Daniel wanted to be with the Lord. So notice all the wise guys, right? As they're trying to come up with answers to the king, Everyone's in a panic. They're in a frenzy. They're trying to figure out what to say. They say something, the king comes back and, and he's just more angry. But Daniel responds in this way because he wants to be with the Lord. And I love the fact that Daniel showed us a little bit about his character. So like in this heated moment, this is really, it's, there's a lot of chaos. He remained calm in the chaos because of his character. And his character is linked to his time that's well spent with God. And that could be all of us our character and what flows out of our character is with time, time well spent with God. I love verse 14. It says that Daniel replied with prudence and discretion to Arioch. So Arioch's going to execute these men, right? He's going to have them killed because they can't give an answer to the king. And Daniel remains calm. And I love the, the NIV says this in verse 14, that he, he had wisdom and tact, right? So he had this prudence, discretion, wisdom, and tact as he answered Arioch. And I love that, that he remained calm because he knew the one who was in charge. He knew the one that he could ask for help. And also he asked the king for more time. So notice that he said, king, appoint me a time to come back and give you the interpretation. And so students, kids, some of you guys ask mom and dad for more time to clean your room. That's not an example that we can follow here. Like, right, just because Daniel wants more time doesn't mean we can do that. I know some of you guys want to stay out past curfew, but don't ask mom and dad for more time because you said, well, Daniel did it in front of the king. So that's not an example to follow. But for prayer, I would say that is very wise and profound. I wonder if we approach situations like Daniel when we don't know how to respond and there's panic and there's just chaos. Do we resolve to be the type to go to God first, to sit with him, to talk to him, to lean into what he's saying, to open up his word and let it speak over us? So Daniel needed to be with the Lord desperately. I mean, his friends' lives are on the line, including his own. I mean, it's, it's, it's a prayer that means a lot. And Daniel in the deep water calls out to God and they need help from him. Isn't this true for all of us that are followers of Christ? When everyone else panics, are we to seek after the Lord as a response? 
Are we to go along with the rest of the panic? Now it's really relevant to what's going on now, but guys, we are people to be, we are to be people that seek the Lord, to be with him. When everything else kind of around us surrounds us, right? That God's the one fighting our battles. God's the one that's surrounding our problems and our panic. So be encouraged by the example of Daniel. Here's a second response. When everyone wanted to be in charge, Daniel knew the one in charge and in control. It's in verse 17 through 23. Daniel asked the God of heavens five times in this this chapter. I think it's really important that he knew the source, he knew where to go to, to run to, to turn to in the time that he needed it because everyone's trying to be in charge, right? Ariok's trying to figure out how to execute everybody because they can't to the king. The king's trying to be in charge because he's the most powerful guy in the, or he's the most powerful guy in the world at the time, right? But that Daniel knew the one ultimately in charge. He responded to the situation. And notice this, Daniel gathered his friends around him and they prayed. Do we do this to our friends, to our, those in our sphere of influence? Do we go to them instead of maybe gossiping and maybe complaining about something? Do we say, hey, we, hey guys, we, we need to pray. We need to pray. So he gathered his, his, his godly community around him in this circumstance and they prayed. You know what Daniel did next? After he prayed, he went home with his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. You know what he did after he prays with these guys? Well, God answers him in the vision of the night. So Daniel prayed and went to sleep. Who'd have thought? That's a great formula for us as Christians. That's a great faith formula. Pray, get some rest, leave the results up to God, right? Some of us need to do that. In verse 19, it ends with Daniel praising and blessing the God of heaven because God reveals the dream to him in in the vision of the night. I love that. You can see how Daniel sees the one in charge. He knows the one in charge and that's, that's God. That's our one true God. And others are wanting to be in charge in a crisis or in a concern. We need to be the ones who go to God in prayer first to call it to the one who's in control. And I know it's hard for us guys. I know it's really hard for us to do that. Here's a third response. In verse 20 through 23, we see that everyone saw an impossible situation, but God remembers God, he remember, Daniel remembers God's character in the, in the heat of this moment. When everyone else saw an impossible situation, God remembers who, Daniel remembers who God is. This is what he says, blessed be the name of our God forever to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who, who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things and he knows what's in the darkness and light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise for you have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we ask of you. Daniel begins this praise song as a response to God answering his prayer by just singing this song. It's really, it's written in the, in the form of a poem of, of a song. And he's talking about God and praising him, his character, his faithfulness, his eternal nature, his all-knowing, all-powerful. I mean, guys, Daniel is overwhelmed by who God is. So in our prayer life, do we do these things too? Do we recount of God's character and his activity in our life? Do we, do we call him faithful? Do we call him the one over the nations? Do we talk, call him the one who gives us wisdom, who gives us might, who gives us understanding and for being the God who hears our prayers? See, Daniel wasn't praying to just a wall. He's praying to the living God. And he knew this. And it changed everything for him. 
And I think Daniel responded in this fourth way. When everyone was trying with their own might and strength, Daniel gives all the credit and glory to God. He uses this moment to pray. God answers his prayer. He praises, and then he gives all the credit and the glory to God. And I love that. And he approaches the king's captain, Arioch, with boldness and tells him he knows the dream. And Daniel goes to the king after being with the Lord. So he has time well spent with God, then goes to Arioch and says, I can answer the king. I can give the king an answer. And this is Daniel's response. So the king's basically at this moment like, can you really answer my request, Daniel? And this is what Daniel says. No wise men, enchanters, magicians, astrologers can show to the king the mystery that the king has asked, but there is a God in heaven who reveals all mysteries and who has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. See, Daniel is testifying about who God is to Nebuchadnezzar who thinks he's the most powerful guy in the world. And he says, no, there's a God in heaven that reveals this. And he told me, and he told me to tell you, king, right? Because there's these empires and these kings that are going to come and go and they're gonna fade away. But God of the heavens is the one who answers. He's the one true God. And this is not, a, so this is not a problem in Babylonian culture. There's a lot of room for gods in this culture. They thought Israel had their own tribal God, but yet Daniel is saying, no, I believe in the one true God and there is no other. He gives all the credit and glory to God. So Daniel and his friends are able to live with the courage and boldness because of their mentality to be first pray people, right? They are wanting to go to prayer first. It's important to them. It's not just important to them though. It's essential. And there's a difference between believing that prayer is important and essential. And I love this quote from Expect Great Things from Newell. He says this, almost everyone believes that prayer is important, but there is a difference between believing prayer is important and believing it is essential. Essential means that there are things that will not happen without prayer and for asking God to step in. And I love that. So is prayer just important for us or is it essential? And I believe prayer wasn't just important to Daniel. It was essential. It was life-giving, life-reviving, that Daniel had a consistent track record with praying. I love Daniel 6.10. So there's this decree saying you can't pray to other gods, right? And Daniel resolves in his heart to pray. He goes, it says this in verse 10. Now, when Daniel learned the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. And three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God. And check this out, just as he had done before. So Daniel consistently goes to God in prayer. He prays and meets with God on a regular basis. So question, how does the story of Daniel and the impossible dream point us to Christ? Because we can see that Christ in the storyline of scripture points us to the ultimate story of how God would answer our prayer. And that is through the life, death, burial, and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. And I love the fact that Daniel stands in confidence because of who God is. And for us as Christians, we can stand in confidence because of what Christ has done for us, that the gospel speaks to us in this moment. Jesus is the one in charge. He's our strength. He's our confidence. And when we have none, we have no strength and confidence. He shows us who he is. He comes through. He's powerful. He's faithful. He's mighty. You see, God sent Jesus to live, die on the cross for our sins. Do you know that while Jesus was on the cross, that Jesus was praying for us while on the cross for our forgiveness, 
Jesus tells his father, he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. Jesus on the cross hanging there for us is praying. He prays for us. And that he was buried after that and he rose again. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And now he's seated at the father's right hand and he is interceding for us as followers of Christ. Did you know that Christ was praying for you? Do you know that? Christ is actually praying for you. Romans 8.34 says, it is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. So for those of us that are really just weary in our bones and tired, Jesus is praying for you. He's interceding for you. Take comfort in that, that we can pray to him, but the fact that Jesus is interceding for us to the Father that Robert McShay, 19th century Scottish minister said this, and this is the quote I'll leave you guys. If I could hear Christ praying for me in the next room, I would not fear a million enemies. Yet the, difference, the, yet, yet the distance makes no difference. He is praying for me. He's interceding for us. So here's the bottom line. Because of Christ, we can go to our faithful father and, and we can go to him in prayer at all times and all seasons and every circumstance because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, we can pray to our God. And I love that. And so as we close to pray, I have a couple questions, but maybe you're sitting there and you're like, I'm not sure actually how to start praying. And there's a couple points that I'm, I'm gonna take away from this story in Daniel, and maybe that'll help us kind of have a prayer starter, like when we're not really sure what to say. Here's a couple things that I'm learning from Daniel, and this is how we can pray. So maybe you can start by saying something like this, God help me because no one else can and it seems impossible without you. Maybe that's a starter for you. Maybe for some of us, we could say this, Lord, help me to trust in you because you are the one in control, right? Maybe we can start that prayer that way. Or another way we can say is, God, give me the wisdom because I have tried to do it on my own. So whatever it is, are we first prayer people. Are we, first of all, we want to pray to God. So here's some questions for reflection. Here's kind of a fun icebreaker one. I know Pastor Daryl likes to do these, kind of to just break the ice with a family or a friend. So do you typically remember the dreams you've had when you're sleeping? You know, maybe some of you guys might have a fun conversation, right? Uh, sometimes we don't remember them, but have you, maybe you can talk about that, just a dream that you've had while you're sleeping. But here's the second one. How do you think people respond to the impossible situations like the king's dream? So how do you think people will typically respond? People of faith, people that don't have faith, right? How do they respond in impossible situations that are similar to this king's dream? And the third question is, do you believe yourself to be a first prayer person? So maybe you're just kind of, you know, scratching your head thinking, I'm not sure if I'm there. So just think about that. Talk about that. Look in scripture at these verses and think about how Daniel had the resolve in his heart to be a, a first, first of all, a praying person. And here's the last one is, what do you do in times of panic, in times of needing to be in charge? Whenever you see an impossible situation or whenever you try something in your own strength and on your own strength. So those are the questions I'll leave with you. Let's pray to end. Thank, thanks Christ community for being with us. So it's such a joy to be with you online. We hope this has encouraged you. Let's pray to close. Father, thank you so much for the fact that we can pray to you, that you hear us, that you're faithful, and that you're with us no matter what situation we're going through. We're thankful for the gift of your son, Jesus, who died for us 
is interceding for us on our behalf. We thank you for that. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us for service today. If there are any needs in our church or in our community that you are aware of, please reach out to us because we want to help. You can do this by contacting the church office or by going to the service opportunity tool on our website. We'll work with you to figure out how CCC can help. Thank you for choosing Christ Community Online for your church experience today. See you next time.